thanks so much for joining Home Church. Today, as we begin to worship, I just want to challenge you to prepare your hearts, to get your minds ready for what God wants to do in your life today.
thanks for listening in again at Sanctuary. We're so glad to have you with us today. Uh, take a moment, if you have your Bible, turn with us to Leviticus chapter 1, uh, verse 3. Now, we're talking about a series entitled Living Past the Altar. And uh, today we're going to talk about that moment of passing the altar. So, hey, let's pray together this, uh, today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. And that, God, we know you are holy, that you desire to dwell with us. Father, that you had a plan since the beginning of time to send your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, to be that living sacrifice for us, God, to make atonement for our sin, the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Father, may we go deeper today to understand your word, to apply it to our life, Lord, to live differently from this day on. God, as uh, uh, just in awe of who you are and how much you love us and what you're willing to do, Lord, to bring us near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anyone ever done something to you that it was hard for you to forgive? Pastor Christian, anybody ever done something to you that was hard to forgive? Yes, uh, many times. Many. There have been many times in my short, short life that, that I have been, whether I have been offended, that, that it's been hard to forgive somebody. You know, and sometimes in those times when you see that person and maybe they haven't apologized yet, what is that feeling you get on the inside? You feel like, well, man, they owe me an apology, right? right. You ever said that? They owe yeah. me an apology or, or they shouldn't get away with that. Why do we use phrases like they owe me or they owe me an apology? Or thinking about, you know, in prison, uh, we have a phrase that when someone gets out of uh, an institution of prison, we say, well, they have paid their debt to society. Why is that? Why do we use that phrase, paid their debt? It's because a crime offers a debt, and it's a debt to society, and justice demanded the payment, okay? We're going to talk about that today, that, that what does it mean to owe someone after a penalty? And we're talking about sin today. I think, uh, Pastor Christian, sometimes we want, you know, the good things from God. I want His peace. I want His love. I want His joy. Uh, I definitely would like His eternal life and not going to eternal death or hell, right? Right. Uh, but I don't think we get the severity of sin. For instance, I know uh, me personally, you know, growing up, I thought, well, at least I'm not as bad as those people. You know, yeah. I grew up kind of uh, in a church environment. And even though I knew I had sin issues, it, as a human, you always compare yourself to someone else. And there's even a, a, a parable in the Bible about that, a tax collector and the Pharisee. So at least I'm not that bad. Or, or, or maybe sin isn't that bad or wasn't that bad of a sin. Or I know, guess what? God's going to forgive me. God's a good God. He knows my heart. I've right. heard, I've, people have told me that before. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, yes, but do we see sin uh, the same way God sees? Now, Pastor Christian, now if someone was to, let's go way out there. If someone was to murder your family and come to you and say, hey, I'm sorry, let's just be friends. Yeah, it probably wouldn't go over so well. <laughs> right. There, there are some things that are so severe mm -hmm. uh, that they're not easily mended. There are some things, some relationships that are so broken that can't be undone. There are some things we do that cannot be undone. And that's how God sees sin. Do you know that one sin, if you were to enter eternity today with just one sin, one sin would send you eternally away from God. One sin would eternally separate you from an eternal God. 
That's how God sees it. And in fact, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in fact, even Paul said, it, he says, the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? It says the penalty, the punishment that fits the crime is eternal death, eternal separation from a holy God. That means you'd be excluded from all of his blessings, all of his benefits, and all of his life. So today, we've talked to you about how God is holy, how God is so loving, yet he wanted to dwell in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our sin. And though he was holy, he wanted to draw us near to him. So the question for us today is, how does God really deal with sin? Maybe you've been in church for a long time and maybe don't quite understand that full answer. How does God really deal with our sin? How does God draw us near and how do we get in right relationship with God? So turn in your Bible with us today. In uh, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 3, we're talking today that sin is slaughtered at the altar. Sin is slaughtered at the altar. And let me give you the background of where we're at. Pastor Christian is going to read this in Leviticus chapter 1. But to get to God, you have to go past the altar, okay? In fact, the altar, in our, our illustration here today, the altar is the first thing you would see if you wanted to get to the dwelling place of God into His holy presence. If you wanted to have the blessing of God, of His favor, His protection, His love, His justice, His mercy, His blessing on your life, you have to go to the altar. And the altar is the place of slaughter. In fact, the, the word altar means place of slaughter. It's a place of sacrifice. And the first thing you'd see as an Israelite coming into the courtyard of the tabernacle would be the altar. The altar is a place that stood, it says, do not pass this place. Pastor Christian, you ever trespassed anywhere? Maybe you shouldn't confess well, it maybe publicly. I should. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe I should. But you ever seen those signs that said, uh, trespassers will be shot? especially in Louisiana, mm -hmm. right? Trespassers will be shot or beware of dog, right? Like that's the altar. To pass beyond the altar to get near to God, sin must be slaughtered. Flesh must die to get past the altar. It was a, a, it was a, a wooden box. It was a, a four and a half foot wide, uh, all around, or sorry, four and a half foot high. It was seven and a half foot square. It had a, I had a horn on each side. The horns were covered with blood. Uh, the fire on that altar, uh, as a place of sacrifice, was kept burning night and day. They were told to never let the place of sacrifice die out. And uh, it would bring a bound animal, uh, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But they would bring a bound animal to it. And that's where they would offer the sacrifice. Now, you could bring a personal sacrifice from sin that you had done or issues that you wanted to give worship to God. But every day, there were sacrifices given to the Lord. And uh, let's talk about that, what really that picture. Let's make a picture of what that place of sacrifice looked like. Pastor Christian, let's read that Leviticus chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. All right, it says this. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence. And Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin, then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron and the priests will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. 
but the internal organs and legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It's a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Amen. So this is one of the uh, illustrations of what we call a burnt offering. And what's interesting, Pastor, I like about this, uh, which is interesting, I guess. I don't know if I like it. But the man would place his uh, hands on the animal's head right. as a substitution. Then he would kill it himself, making it very personal. And the God would purify him. And whatever touched the altar became holy, meaning it was made uh, separated to God. It was for the glory of God. It was, it was sanctified and set apart. So that sacrifice became set apart. And the word sacrifice actually means to draw near. I think that's so cool because it meant that to get to God, I had to give something that I couldn't come to God empty handed. Right. And that's key that you couldn't come to God empty handed. And if you wanted to draw near to God, you needed to give a sacrifice, something that cost you something, but it meant to draw near. And the Bible says that it would be a pleasing aroma to God. Now, let me give you three principles, and we're gonna discuss this with you today. Three principles about sacrifices. Number one is this, that it required a giving of self. So, Pastor Christian, that animal, uh, you guys have a dog, right? Yeah. That animal would be something that you owned. So it'd be the, the best of your, your, your flock or your herd. Uh, even, and now sometimes now that'd be like a pet, right? So right. You, you would have to slaughter your pet. Now, I, I, uh, I don't know about you, you uh, I've deer hunted before and, you know, and I, I do some, but my, I, I love to hunt, but my best part is not the actual killing of the animal. I enjoy the nature and the, and the coffee and that long time, yeah. you know, but to actually kill and gut that animal, it is very personal. Right. And so it became personal. It was a giving of self and uh, it was number two, a substitution. So one, it came from my flock. I owned it and I let it willingly in. So it was giving of self. And number two, it was a substitution. I laid my hand on it and my sin symbolically passed to it. I slit its throat. I gave it to the priest. The priest did something with it and burnt it up. Mm -hmm. And number three, that gave me fellowship with God. That allowed him to bless my life. And there's all kinds of different types of offerings we won't go into today. But there was a burnt offering, which we just read about. And there was a peace offering where you come in and, and get, uh, worship God through com giving communion to Him and giving thanks to Him. There was a, a food and drink offering. But really the sin offering is what we're going to talk about today. The, it was much like the burnt offering. And that sin offering was that I knew I did something wrong. Maybe I didn't really know for sure what it was, but I was certain I did it. I would give that to God. They would take that blood and, and empty the blood out of the animal. They would sprinkle it seven times before the veil of God. Right. The priest would burn a portion of it here inside the camp, inside the Lord's tent. And then the rest of it, they would take outside the camp and burn it there. Now, what does all of that have to do with you? And what does all that have to do with us? Right. What does it have to do with it? The altar today symbolizes this. It symbolizes that no one can come to God empty-handed. And that there was a price to pay for sin. So, Pastor Christian, what does that speak to you? To me, it says this. So, the question that I would have to ask myself today is, how do I view sin and do I take it personally? How do I view right. sin and do I take it personally? For them, it was something that they had to work for. Right. It was something that... Uh, 
did this bull or whatever whatever animal it is they chose to sacrifice they had to put work right. into this animal they had to buy the animal probably they had or, the, or raise it they had to feed it they had to nurture it they had right. to it had to be at its best. It had to be the yeah. best with no, there yeah. could be nothing wrong with it. And we Spotless. talked even if it was flour, it had to be ground and processed that yeah. you had to actually put work into it. Exactly. So any kind of, whether it was a grain offering or whether it was the flour or whether it was an animal, there had to be some sort of work right. put into the sacrifice. Otherwise, what does it really mean? It wasn't, right. it's not really personal. It costs you something. It costs me something. Yeah. So here's how I think about this for me. How I think about this for me is I think about if I was a teen as a teenager, um, my parents didn't by no means do this to me, but if I was a teenager and I right. have every single thing handed to me, yeah. I got a brand new car when I turned 16, my phone bill was paid, my gas was paid right. for, my insurance was paid, everything was handed to me on a silver platter, so right. to speak, I would not care about any of those things Yeah, because I didn't have to personally invest into yeah those material things right so i could take my brand new car whatever it is go out racing my right. my friends on the roadway and and wreck that car and care right. nothing about it because mommy and daddy paid for it right right but if i'm having to invest my own money into it my own right. time into it which i did as a teenager right. i cared so much more about that thing yeah and especially as an adult now where i'm having to pay for every single thing i'm buying yeah. buy a new car buy you know and I care about those things. Yeah, it's good. Because I've got time invested into it. And, and what you have invested in, you care about. Exactly. Because it, it costs you something. Mm -hmm. And you, you come with that knowing, man, this is value. There's value in this. Right. And for me, that's all it says a lot about the way the American church and how we think and foresee things. For yeah. them, they couldn't make it past the altar. They yeah. couldn't. They couldn't come past a certain point. They brought their sacrifice in. Mm -hmm. They transferred or did whatever they needed to do, and they even slaughtered the animals. They did all the work, right. and then someone else took that and sacrificed for them. Yeah. And they couldn't get past that point. Yeah. For us, we never make it past the altar because we come to the to the altar of this mindset of well. I come to church and I say, sorry, God, I know I'm, I know I'm not done so well, or I know yeah. I'm not doing that great. And we come to the altar and then we only give what we want yeah, to give. We only give a certain portion of, okay, mm -hmm. God, you can have this part, but I'm keeping this part and I'm going to walk out with it. Right. That's good. And that's why we never make it past that certain point. We never make right. it past the altar. We could, if we wanted to. Right. But we've chosen to hold on to all that stuff. We're not We're not giving our full sacrifice, yeah. our best sacrifice, to God, and we're just saying, okay, well, we're taking sin lightly, yeah, and we don't take it personally, yeah, because why do we have to? Right. You know what I mean? Like eh, God's gonna forgive me anyway, like That's you good. said earlier. Yeah. So I mean, do how do I see sin, and do I take it personally? And, That's how I see it. And at a burnt offering, the entire animal was consumed. And that should speak to us too. On the mm -hmm. sin offering and the burnt offering, the entire flesh, that the entire offering, everything I gave, my very best, something that cost me something, to me to draw near and sacrifice, mm -hmm. the word sacrifice, draw near, for me to draw near to God, to get his presence, his blessing, flesh had to die. And what really should speak to us is that for that man, that animal stood in his place. That should have been him. Right. On the altar. Mm -hmm. And that was this, can you think about this visual? I mean, the guy had blood on his hands. He had the knife in his hand. And then this thing is taking my place. And then when we come to church, like you said, do we take it so lightly? Right. Sin. Do we, do what, what am I willing to give? 
to gain access into the presence of God? What am I willing to give up? What, you know, the Bible talks about even following Christ, to die to yourself daily, to lay down your life and follow Him. What am I willing to give to gain all that God has to offer? Uh, and how, how much we come into a church and we, we take it lightly. We just sing a few songs, we just hear a good word, we, we don't respond to the pastor's altar call, we don't come to the prayer meeting, we don't serve uh, maybe in any department, or we're not giving of our full tithes and offering, or we're not investing in our local community and, and going that extra mile, and we're thinking, well, I'm an okay person. Right. And, and how, what kind of attitude is that for when we say this holy God wanted to dwell and he's willing to deal with our sin and he's willing to let you draw near and yet we can treat sin so lightly right. uh, and even for for myself where where are you at i know, I know for my life well, i want to see god more holy i want to see sin more serious and i want to see that this holy god was making a plan a promised plan to deal with people's sin so they could enjoy his very best his benefits but it had to be taken personally. It had to cost you something. And to see the weight of it on the altar, that this is the place of slaughter and no one comes to God empty-handed. Okay, so that's our offering. What about God's offering? The Bible says that there was a problem that in all of this work that they would do, there was no solution for willful sin. There was, there was sacrifice for accidental sin, there were sacrifices for ignorant sin, but there wasn't any sacrifice prescribed for willful, deliberate sin. And in fact, this sacrifice kept going on and on and on, and it would wear off. And even though that they would give a sacrifice, they'd go out just like many of us, and myself included, go out and we'd live the same way. We're not really taking to heart. Their worship became work, and, and it was just meaningless to them. And so what God saw he had a plan from the beginning of time, and, and the Bible even says that the blood of bulls and goats, he never did please, it never did please him. It wasn't satisfying to him, and he took no pleasure in it, but he had a plan to deal with the flesh, and what he would do is what we really needed him to do, is that God would send his own son in the flesh to deal with our flesh. Let's read this together in Romans chapter 8, verse 3. It says this, For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He was condemned, he, he condemned sin in the flesh. Amen. So here's the good news. What did, what did God's offering really do? Okay, this, this is very important. Listen to this. So God had prescribed all these offerings as a foreshadow of what was to come. And so he would send his son when our flesh and all of our works and all of our labors really didn't amount to much of really dealing with the true issue. And it would only allow just even a veiled access into the blessing and the presence of God. God still wanted to have an unveiling, a full access that we could have his full blessing, his full spirit living within us and dwelling inside of us. So to get past the altar, God sent his son in the flesh to deal with our flesh. He laid his own life on the altar. And watch this. It was, the, uh, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that he became that spotless lamb of God that had to be a perfect lamb. And so he became that perfect lamb to live a sinless and perfect life. He became the perfect man as he stood for all men. He came willingly and bound. It had to be a domesticated animal led by its own master. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, the Bible says. He was led 
to the cross where he would willingly lay down his life. He could have called a legion of angels. He could have called myriads of angels. He could have called all of heaven to say, stop, it's over, it's finished. But he willingly laid his life down just like that animal following its master's will. Uh, it was, the Bible says that it was our sins that the Lord laid upon him in Isaiah 53, that as we would have laid our hands of that animal, the Lord laid upon him the sins of us all. It was laid upon him. It became personal. The Bible says that he was whipped inside the city gates, but he was taken outside the city gates to be crucified, just like the sin offering. There was blood spilt of the sin offering in the court of the Lord, but then it was taken outside of the camp and burned and died. That's the same as with Jesus. He became our sin offering. In the Old Testament, there was blood dripped on the four corners of that bronze altar. And you can think about the four places that his blood spilt on that cross, on his head, his hands, and his feet. Go even further that the Bible says that Jesus would quote that very night he was betrayed, that this would blood, this new covenant, this symbol of this communion that we take. He said, this is my blood poured out for the sins of many. It would be on that, that bronze altar just in front of it that that sin offering, all the blood they would collect for it would be poured out for the sins of the person who was making restitution. And even further, the Bible says that the priest every day offered a sacrifice on the third hour and again on the ninth hour, the two lambs, two rams that were killed. The Bible says that Jesus made it to the cross on that scene on that third hour at 9 a.m. in the morning, and he was dead, he would die at that ninth hour at 3 p.m. that afternoon. At the same time, the regular sin offerings were given for all of Israel. Now think about that. Uh, in this context. What is this that God foresaw for us, that He was always willing to be dealing with our sin? He wanted you to get past the altar. And Hebrews chapter 9 says this in verse 13, For if the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of a heifer sprinkling uh, with those who have been defiled, sanctified and cleansing for the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ through who the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse you and your conscience from dead works now to serve the living God. Today, you must pass the cross to get to God. You, repairing sin is not cheap, but God provided a way through Christ that we can pass the cross mm -hmm. to get to God. So now, Pastor Christian, how should we live? How personal now should we see Christ's sacrifice for us, uh, making atonement for our sins. How should we live with that challenge, right? It's crazy. I just, you know, for me, I just look at this and, and it's just, it's amazing how God and the parallels between this, this sacrifice and how it all unraveled and, yeah. and how this related so closely to that of Jesus and the sacrifice that he would make to atone for our sins because right. this, this wasn't good enough. This was only a temporary. This was, right. this was just so that, you know, you know God's, God knew all along yeah. that he was going to send his only son yeah. to be crucified, to die for the sins of all humanity. And it's just amazing to me. Is that how, do I, how do I take that personally? And, and, and in my mind, I've got to think, man, I'm, I, am, I am the one yeah. who drug Jesus to the cross. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm no better than those soldiers who beat and battered and put the crown of thorns upon his head, who drove the nails in the, into his hands yeah. and his feet. I'm no better right. than they are. Right. 
I'm the one. It's personal. It's personal because, yeah. and, and, and man, that's how we've got to view yeah. this whole, like, we can't take sin Lord too lightly. Mm. I mean, it's just, You're it's right. powerful. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, no. to to be that person who willingly led Jesus into that altar, and and they had to slit that animal's throat, and your the blood of it, and the blood of Jesus is on our hands, mm-hmm. and and it was a hard thing for me. There was a moment I remember uh, getting closer to God, and early in my ministry, I remember thinking and saying this phrase over and over to myself: uh, "Jesus, I needed you to die for me." I needed you to die for me. It, 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 got, it was kind of a hard moment for me to even say that out loud, to actually say, well, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't, I was, I'm okay. You know, I don't know, Jesus, you didn't have to die for me. You know, like, no, like to actually really mean it that I needed your blood. I still need your blood today. Jesus, remember the fire never goes out. He's a continual sacrifice. It's, he's, he's, he's once and done. That's what the Hebrews said, that it was a one-time offering. Right. And so every day, to accept and, and take personally, I need the blood of Jesus over my life. It should have been me on that cross. It right. should have been me on that altar, but it was him. And what I couldn't do and what the law couldn't do and what all our works couldn't do, you know, I can't go to church enough. I can't pray enough. I can't fast right. enough. I can't be good enough. I can't stop doing drugs enough. I can't stop having sex enough. I can't, you know, uh, watch all the right things, say all the right things. And there's, there's nothing you cannot do and there's nothing you can do to ever deserve to get past that altar. Right. All this work was just to illustrate only Jesus give you access into the fullness of God. And how do I live that out? How do you live that out? How should we live now? How should we live knowing that the Son of God laid His life for your life, for my life. He laid His flesh on the altar. That place of slaughter, He was slaughtered. It was my sins that put Him there. And that I should have been there, but it was Him so that I can freely walk a new life. I can walk in the blessing of God. I can have every sin forgiven and come into eternal life and receive the blessing of God for all eternity. Isn't that something worth living for? Isn't that something worth following him? The Bible says to pick up your cross and die with Christ, to die daily, Paul said, to be crucified with Christ. That means that that person identified, it meant, Pastor Christian, that we should come and lay our hands upon Christ and say, I identify with your death. I come with you to your death that I may live past the altar. I want to go past the altar to live into the place of God's best. But it meant you and I have to identify with Christ. You must make a point to go to the cross with him that you can live. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, let us go out to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. That means I take his name upon myself and say, yes, God, I thank you. I don't care who cares. I don't care if they slander me or curse me. I don't care what they say to me. I stand with Christ. I'm there with him. And I'll end with this. It was the apostle John who was the only disciple to make it in that last moment. He was there with Christ, that very final moments. No doubt he had blood on his hands. No doubt he was there to see him give his last breath and, and take care of his mom. But from that moment on, you can see that John was totally changed. How are you and I changed? How are you going to live past the altar? How will you make that moment meaningful in your life? That, and I'll leave you with this. Ephesians, Paul says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love just as Christ loved you, gave himself up for you, for us, 
as an offering, as a sacrifice to God, as a fragrant aroma. Christ died to bring you near to God. Would you pray with us today? Father, I pray for every person listening and watching this online. God, that they could draw near to you, come boldly into your courts because, God, you met them at the place of slaughter. You would lay their, your life down for them. God, with all the rituals, all the things we try to do and all the church going and doing and all the try to live rights and all the times we fail you, God, may we see sin is serious. May we see that you are holy, but that you love us. God, that we can identify with Christ, that we lay our sin upon him, that we take it seriously, that it costs us something because it costs you everything, God. May we live as holy. May we live in honor of you. May we live as sacrificial servants of you. God, may we live as a fragrant offering with you, a worship unto you, O oh God, that we would live worthy of the calling you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening in online today. We are so glad you're with us. Hey, if you need to know Jesus, click on our homepage. Go to sanctuaryfwc.com. We want to pray with you. It's a very simple thing to say, God, I give you my life, but it's going to cost us something. That's to say, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my way of thinking, living, and doing. I count the cost, but I want to know this Jesus who loves me, has given his life up for me. Would you take a moment and do that online? We want to connect with you and pray with you and that get you connected to the right place and leads you in the discipleship process. Where do you go from here? Next, families have home church. As we continue this season, be the church at home. Stand in your living rooms, pray, worship together, give online and say, God bless this home. Moms and dads, lead your children. Go to Right Now Media through our website and lead them in our kids program. And lastly, as you help us continue the mission of Sanctuary Family Worship Center, we are continuing to send missions around the world and here locally. You can give by text to give online or through the mail. And we love you. We hope to see you next week.